0: Everyone, Welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards.
1: I'm Julie Richards. I'm Sarah Wakefield.
0: And um, thanks for joining us for episode three. Uh, I'm getting a little deja vu. Um, <laughs>
1: Again, take right. two, take three. We've had a little bit of technical difficulties, but we're, we're, we're hanging in there and we're human and we can roll. We can exactly. roll with that.
0: Um, but I am very excited for today. We are talking about feelings, which is something that we've talked about talking about doing for a while, but um, we're finally here. And the first thing that definitely came to mind for me was Mr. Rogers and his neighborhood. So I looked up a couple of quotes.
1: Nice.
0: And um, I'll sprinkle them in throughout the Oh,
1: fun. I'm looking forward to this. And just side note, uh, Mr. Rogers is from Pittsburgh. Yes, exactly. As am I. Yes. Yes.
0: Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh native. I'm from Pittsburgh adjacent. Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: You've got some of it in your blood in there. There we go. In some of the layers.
0: So uh, today we're going to cover a couple of topics, and I'm not sure how deep we're going to be able to get into it because feelings is so vast of a topic Um, but today we are going to talk about, you know, what are feelings, uh, how does that work with our body, stuff like that. And then we'll move on to how do we deal with these feelings? We've talked about the window of tolerance before. How do we stay in that window of tolerance? How do we, um, manage these in a good way?
1: I like it. I like it.
0: Boom. That's our game plan. Let's here We're at
1: it. Okay. So I'm going to kind of lump together a little bit that emotions and feelings are semantics that we're gonna we're gonna call together here today, um, kind of as a broad topic. How can we understand what's going on inside our mind and body? This whole picture of our whole selves with emotions and with feelings. It's noticing what's coming up for us um, that. Our, our brain, our body, our thoughts, our feelings, all of this is communicating something to us. So they are communicators. They are indicators, kind of like on your car, whenever it's letting you know you're low on fuel or check your engine or check your gas tank or things like that. Um, it's something that is going to give us information about how we're experiencing ourselves, our relationships, the world, things like that. So we, we start off by seeing it as communication.
0: I dig that. I, and I do think, you know, I think some people are scared of feeling different emotions. And I think that thinking about them as, you know, indicators rather than every th- your whole experience you know, saying instead of like, oh, well, I don't like feeling sad, so I just distract myself. And when really the feeling sad is an indicator, Mm -hmm. saying something's not right. Mm -hmm. It's not about you just being mopey for no reason.
1: Mm -hmm. And two, if we're able to see it as part of ourselves, that's one piece of data, in other words. That's one, one thing that we're experiencing, but there's also a whole lot more. So we can look at all the things that might be contributing to a certain emotion or feeling or body sensation or um, thought that we have about something, all of that is kind of within our mind, body, whole experience. That is the whole essence of coming back to home base is what's going on in my body? What am I feeling? What am I noticing? What am I thinking? All of those are communicating something to us about what we're experiencing.
2: I'll say feelings are and emotions are so difficult for me and my journey coming back to home base repeatedly has been allowing myself to feel my feelings. Um, you know, feelings, feelings are a vulnerability. Feelings are very scary. And a lot of times uh, adults don't know how to handle their own feelings and what they convey to children uh, is how not to feel their feelings or how to, um, avoid them or repress them. And so for me, it was a different situation where I repressed feelings because of, you know, of, of childhood trauma. And I've talked about that in a previous, um, episode, but it's feelings are very difficult for me. This is a, this episode is definitely one where it brings up a lot of emotion, um, because of my own dislike for sharing my feelings. Just, it's this, deep-seated habit of, nope, don't share your feelings, and I'm very proud that I've, I come closer and closer each day to allowing myself to feel feelings.
1: I'm so glad that you're mentioning that, because I think at the heart of mental health would be being able to feel our feelings, and if we think of any, and we've said this before as well, but any kind of root of addiction or um, patterns of, like, when we talk about fight, flight, freeze, we we flee when we can't handle feeling our feelings. So if we could learn how to, to feel our feelings and to use them, almost welcome them as friends, as vid- visitors or guests that we could learn from or tune into or care for or um befriend that's a game changer because we don't then have to use an addiction. We don't have to use avoidance or denial or an eating disorder or something else because we have suddenly have feelings coming up that we don't know what to do with
0: Yeah, I was gonna go ahead and sprinkle in a little bit of Mr. Rogers. Oh, Mine okay as go for well. it. Um so I found a couple things obviously but um One thing I do figure out, I think is really good, is um, just on accepting our feelings, being okay with you know being sad or angry or something like that. And according to Mr. R, there's no should or should not when it comes to having feelings. They're part of who we are and their origins are beyond our control. When we can believe that, we may find it easier to make constructive choices about what to do with those feelings. So kind of what we were talking about before you know, understanding that it's an indicator of what your body's telling you. It's not your whole experience and it's Mm -hmm. actually helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of like how we've talked about the amygdala before and how one of its warning signs is sometimes fight or flight. And as a conscious human being, we might not necessarily want that in the moment, uh, to be pulled away from whatever experience or to freeze up. And so it's easy to get frustrated with yourself or to even, you know, um, look critically at yourself when really it's just your body telling you that something's up. Mm -hmm. It's not a critique on who you are or where you are. It's just more of your body saying, Hey, something's not right. And I think that same thing about feelings too. Mm -hmm. And I've also struggled with that, you know, growing up, I was working on my anger a lot. And so nowadays, sometimes I think I'm scared of being angry. Mm. Um, And so, but then on other times I'm like, I feel it flare up and I just more of, you know, take steps to calm down and understand that something is bothering me Mm -hmm. and use it as an opportunity to ask myself what's going on.
1: Mm -hmm. And being able to observe, I think, and notice gives us a stance of similar to what Mr. Hudrus was just talking about. I feel like he's like joining our podcast today, which is welcome our special guest. it's um, <laughs> only. I know, right? <laughs> um, but it's that idea of that now I can look at it, see it, notice it, observe it, gives me some distance from it that I haven't become that particular feeling or emotion. It's just part of what I'm experiencing. Even like we talked about, in the last couple episodes about our parts work. Like this is my angry part, my sad Mm -hmm. part. This is another example of how we can, um, kind of make sense of or understand our emotions and feelings. But another part of it that I want to, to acknowledge is that, um, emotions and feelings are connectors, that it is through that, ability to know what we're feeling and to welcome in what we're experiencing that we're actually able to have empathy and relate and connect not only um, with ourselves first which is so important that's the whole coming back to home base but then also what connects us to other people Um, if we're not able to be um, aware or vulnerable then we really have no intimacy with other people we have nothing to offer them because we don't know what we're experiencing. We can't share what our feelings are. And it keeps us in a place that's very emotionally distant or cold.
2: Julie, can I share that slide? I think it kind of segues nicely right here. Um, So Catherine Taylor um, says, uh, um, your body responded to every emotion you were unable to express. If you did not feel safe to say what you felt, or if you did not have the skills necessary to express what you felt, the feelings got stored in your body because your body holds unexpressed emotional tension. If your feelings went unexpressed, they were repressed or disowned. If as a child, you had to pretend that everything was fine, when inside you actually felt afraid or angry, you were repressing what you felt. Feelings were disowned if a traumatic event occurred with which you were unable to cope. And I wanted to share that slide or this, uh, what what Catherine Taylor has written, because it really, for me, it's important. And then this is, you know, a community roots episode, but I, for me, it was important and I'm hoping it was important for someone else to hear that your feelings, these great connectors, these great, um, oh, I forget what else you call them, Julie. You said connectors and something else.
1: They're communicators. They're communicators. communicators. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. If you can't, if you don't know why you're unable to experience your feelings right now, this is a great indication. If you, if you don't know why you're unable to connect with people or you feel at a loss um, and you know, you just, you can't connect with people and you don't know why this would be a great time to reflect maybe, and, and with a healthcare professional, um, a mental health therapist, but this might be an indication as to, you know, there's some unresolved trauma, At least that's been my journey.
1: And then the idea of instead of pushing it away, we're, we're turning toward it. Instead, bringing it in to notice it. And we're using those two tools of curiosity and compassion to say, okay, like this is what I'm noticing. This is what's coming up for me. So I wonder what that's about. And we want to find a balance that Samuel was referring to at the top of this episode of we don't want to be in an extreme of ignoring our feelings, and we also don't want to be in an extreme of being flooded by them mm-hmm. and drowning in them. And so being able to to soften what we're looking at, to notice, even if we could just imagine it almost as touching on the edge of what that emotion is. Like I'm not diving down deep into the deep end so that I spiral and like quicksand all of a sudden I'm drowning in the wound. Mm -hmm. Instead I'm staying partially grounded in the present. Like my functional adult is online, which is my prefrontal cortex. That's the part that stays in the present. I'm able to notice and hold that with awareness that I'm, I'm here now. I'm safe now but I can also explore from that place. So it's this like dual awareness we've talked before about I'm here's the things that are coming up for me that I'm struggling with, that I'm wrestling with, that feel conflicted or uh, maybe unaddressed or unresolved. But then I'm also doing it, I'm doing my work from the place of a functional adult that's in the present. So I'm not becoming the wound, I'm staying balanced. I'm just looking at a piece of it you know, when, when you talk to Sarah about like, oh no, what do we do with feelings? This feels really hard. How do we feel our feelings? How we start, that quote just popped in my head about how do you eat an elephant? How do you eat an elephant? Like one bite at a time. Like it is just small steps of, I'm just gonna try to notice a few moments of allowing myself to be sad or allowing myself to be angry or, or being able to just notice what's coming up for me in those moments and not pushing them away
2: when we push them away they grow this kind of ties in with what we talked about last episode with um paying attention to your body paying attention to those feelings Mm -hmm. is that does that that sound similar
1: yep Mm -hmm. another another way that we are nurturing our inner child that we are becoming more aware more present a healthier human all of those things apply. And then if they are indicators to us too, if the point is that they're communicating something to us, it's so important with communication, if you think about it, to have a, a serve and return. There's a, a call and a response. It's not just that our body sensations or our mind and our thoughts are sending out a signal of, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm, I'm tense, I'm tight, I'm tired. It's also then to to allow that to come full circle is to bring the response, to bring the attentiveness, to say, okay, so I'm noticing that I have this heaviness or I have this um, stress or tension about the situation or this relationship. So then how can I sit with that part of me and just take a moment to be attentive to it, to be able to say, okay, like sadness just walked in the room. You know, how is that sadness, my friend? It's indicating to me that something mattered to me. Maybe there was a need that wasn't met. Maybe there was something that needed comforting or soothing or time or attention or acknowledgement. I'm not just going to rush through my life unaware, unconscious, and kind of with a flipped lid all the time that I'm not really present in my life, but instead I can be connected to myself, to other people, to the world by being more present, more aware, and more able to respond.
0: Something that we haven't really talked about um, explicitly, but we do talk about often is self-talk and how we kind of coach ourselves. And I even could hear in your own dialogue, Mom, as you were talking, you know, the self-talk that was happening there. And I really think that's one of the big ways that I deal with my emotions too. And asking yourself, um, going over that dialogue of, am I, um, fed? Am I feeling thirsty? You know, is this bringing something up for me? I think that's a really good skill and to kind of treat yourself as another person. Um, you know, Mr. Rogers says, <laughs> uh, when we ca- bring when, him back, when we can talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upset, upsetting, and less scary. Mm-hmm. And I can see that happening even within an eternal dialogue that you talk yourself with. Like you don't necessarily need to post this on Facebook, taking a moment to just talk to yourself and kind of use that self-talk as a method of, um, understanding what's going on and confronting your feelings or your situation in a healthy way. So that's just what that brought up for me in, in the theme of dealing with emotions, how to, how to handle Mm -hmm. them in a good way,
1: how to be able to face them. There's that phrase that y'all may have heard that what we resist persists like it, Mm. we're not able to really resolve anything. So it, Doesn't get resolved, or it gets worse, or um, becomes a bigger problem because we didn't pay attention to it in the first place. Which we can see all of that medically (laughs) with our physical bodies, right? If we don't, if you don't go to the dentist, if you don't take care of your teeth, you will have gum disease. You will have a progression of of decay. If you don't um, see your your PCP and have physicals and your body is sending out alerts to you that something hurts. I mean, pain is actually a gift that we need. We need an indicator that tells us something's going on inside and I better pay attention to it because if I neglect it, we think of um, preventative care and proactive care versus allowing something to remain unaddressed. That can be the difference between life and death for people. If they mm-hmm. if they take the steps to say, oh, I'm noticing that this is hurting, I need to stop everything on my calendar and address it so that I can take good care of myself. And if I don't, it will continue to progress and get worse. Same sort of thing happens, I think, emotionally, mentally as well.
2: Julie, do you know if this sort of emotional tension, this repression um, that gets stored in the body, is there... Is it hereditary? Like, can you, like, I don't know. I can't say, can you inherit your parents' feelings, but that the stress of repressing those feelings, can that be, like, m- maybe it was just nurtured through, a, the, through to your children? Or is there any chance of it, like the chemicals carrying through to the baby?
1: I would say yes, yes, and yes. Like, that is the essence of um, epigenetics, what we get passed down, like we're even carrying in our bodies the the trauma of the generations before us that hasn't been resolved. There's some really cool, fascinating work on that. If you have any interest in in studying some of that, um, yes, it do, we do pick up on it, and for multiple reasons. One is is like what's passed down through the womb and through epigenetics, our genes, our neurotransmitters and things like that. But then also, if you think about it, we're living out how to communicate, how to handle our feelings, how to be a healthy human. We're learning that in our family system. Hmm. And we're likely producing in our family system what was taught to us or what was modeled to us, sometimes implicitly, unconsciously, we're not aware of it. Other times, we're realizing we've got some holes and gaps and things we want to work on, so we improve them, we make them better, so that the next generation, which I hope is my household, can live differently and does not have to be stunted and um, unaware, maybe like previous generations have been. And I don't say that with any fault or blame at all on you don't know what you don't know. I mean, everybody, I really believe everybody's doing the best they can. I think we're at a fortunate time in history where we have so much more support, so much more awareness, so much more openness, hopefully less stigma, hopefully more opportunity. So we have every every potential there to make strides and steps towards more health. I mean, It's really tangled because what pops in my head is, even as I say that, I know that there are systemic concerns that hold people back, and it's not just um, Pollyanna and easy for people to do. I understand there are issues with systemic racism or um, inequality or um, socioeconomic divide. There are so many layers and complexities to all of this. So the last thing in the world I want to do is to oversimplify that. But it's to say that there. There is hope, there is healing, and it does matter.
0: I think it matters on an individual basis, too. You know, we talk about systemic change and individual change, and I agree. It definitely can't solve all our problems that we have out there. I do think it is a skill and a tool that you can use to both, you know, discover yourself and become a more complete human as well as you know, help your help you with your own trial and errors. And I think, you know, as we kind of go through life, there's only—I mean, you'll know and meet so many people who will understand. You know, either Julie or Sarah or Samuel, or even you, listener. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, essentially, or Mr. Rogers. Don't forget yeah, our guest. <laughs> don't exclude right our there. don't <laughs> exclude
1: our guests that we've welcomed in.
0: Um, but uh you're the person you know, who's going to know you the best. And you're the person who goes through life side by side with yourself. Um, who's going to completely fully know you have the opportunity to fully know yourself. Um, I'll, I'll throw out a Mr. A Mr. Rogers quote as well. That isn't necessarily feelings, but who you are inside is what helps you make and do everything in life. So, What he's saying there is, you know, as you work on your inner self, as you work on, you know, you, that's who you're traveling with to go, you know, make new friends, get a new job, like whatever that may be, you're going with you.
1: And maybe seeing others on the journey, maybe one of the gifts or um, opportunities from being a part of our community at Community Roots is seeing that there are people that are living this out. Like we're learning, we're on the journey with you, we're humans with you, wanting to help make the world a better place. And so when you see that there are other people doing that too, you can kind of say, well, gosh, if they can do it and they're human, then maybe there's something that I can do too. So there are a few tools that might be able to help make this a little bit more concrete. Sometimes we talk about things that are great concepts and they're very organic and dynamic, but it's like, I don't know how to apply that. I don't know what to do with that. And so a couple things that can kind of ground it for you a little bit are sensory wheels, which are drawing a circle on your paper with a big plus in the middle and dividing it into thoughts, feelings, body sensations, and images. And taking a reflection with, it could be, I'm going to reflect on our recording today. I'm going to reflect on the weather outside. I'm going to reflect on... Um, my work day or my conversation with my son or daughter or partner or friend whatever your situation is you kind of just sit with that that Title or topic, and then explore these four different quadrants, and to check in with yourself of what's coming up for me. What am I noticing? And you can draw pictures, you can write phrases, you can do it however you want. But that is a sensory wheel. Another one that's very similar to that we call Tices, which is T I C E S, and this model is standing for uh, triggers, images, cognitions, emotions. And sensations. So a trigger being something that happened that you noticed, wow, that was really um, raw or hard or overwhelming to me. So something triggered me in some way, or as we mentioned, Bonnie Badnock saying touched and awakened me, something I noticed. The image that pops up for me, the cognition is really any thought that I'm having, but in particular about how do I feel about myself? Like I am powerless, I am overwhelmed, I am um, helpless, I am whatever relates to you because that tends to be where our distress is the highest. Emotions, as we've mentioned today, and then sensations being what's going on in my body. And you can also give that with the S could stand for the SUDS rating, which is that, um, how distressed am I? So you could rank it zero to 10 to see if it needs some extra work. If it's something that's really distressed, that's a high number that you might want to spend more time with. And then the last thing too, as a tool would be to look up those feeling wheels or emotion wheels to just kind of explore, like, what else do I feel? I might feel angry, but maybe underneath that anger is also sadness or confusion or, um, feeling alone or scared. And so looking at the layers of, we might feel one emotion really strongly, um, but we have layers of other emotions too. So, so much to say about emotions and feelings. I mean, we didn't even really talk about like secondary emotions or our feelings about our feelings. That's where it gets really complicated.
0: Yeah, that's why I'd like to an- announce our next series, our 20 part series <laughs> <laughs> on feelings. <laughs> Let's it's go through be all seasons the feelings. Three through five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go.
0: But, um, Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Um, It's always a pleasure, especially to um, mom and Sarah. Sometimes I got to call you Julie and it still feels (laughs) a little (laughs) weird. But anyway, um, yeah, if you like what we're talking about, if you have any thoughts that you want to add, please email us. Please reach out. We'd love to um, start a conversation. Uh, You can email us at communityroots.pod at gmail.com or reach out on our Facebook or Instagram or something like that. We'd really appreciate it help start that conversation, build community. Um,
1: And maybe even if you like one of the social media things that Carrie is putting out there, she's doing such an awesome job. I just was amazed um, when I was looking at, I thought these are beautiful. If you would share those on your pages or with your friends that will help encourage other people to be healthy humans too. And the more, the better, like we just want to have a world where we're not hurting each other and that we're actually able to promote healing. Yeah. Changing the world.
0: Being able to hang out with healthy humans makes you a healthier human and it's more enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Just the life experience, less trauma.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It reduces the trauma that everybody feels. So it's something that we can all contribute.
0: Agreed. Change the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's close up with gratitudes. we keep talking about sprinkling these in, but.
1: <laughs> well, we were sprinkling in Mr. Rogers yeah, okay. today. Well, and he is he is the essence of like a healthy human and a, go. A, yes. a grateful human being. He had such an essence about him. So we kind of did sprinkle him out today. That counts. That counts. We'll count that.
0: Yeah. So what uh, gratitudes do we have?
1: I had a little bit of a um awakening this week um and needed some medical care that was very um took me off my feet and difficult and I really was the recipient of very kind, respectful care and support um for my family and um just I'm so thankful for the awareness of that I can value myself and I can take good care of myself and notice what kinds of things are alerting me to what might need more time or attention. So I'm living this thing out in my real life. And so I'm grateful for not only the safety and the care that I had medically, but also that I value myself enough to take that seriously and do something about it and take good care of myself and model that for my family. Um, all of that, I feel super thankful for life and for
2: um, for good health and and for help. I'll go next. Um, Well, one, I'm grateful for the journey that has brought me to um, appreciate my feelings and to be curious about my feelings. Um, But more than that, I'm really grateful for our listeners who are doing, who are walking with us and in their own journey. Um, You are not alone. And I'm um, excited that you are stepping out and... um, Dining on that elephant one bite at a time. It's very important work and you're changing the world.
0: Yes. Um, So I'll go ahead and end it up. I am going to pick Mr. Rogers as my gratitude. Mine as well. Um, I grew up with Mr. Rogers for sure. Um, All those little puppets. I want to go back and rewatch those just so I can feel that hardcore nostalgia. Um, And I remember the first time I went to Pittsburgh to visit the University of Pitt. We went to the Mr. Rogers statue. So um, I'm going to throw out two last-minute quotes for Mr. Rogers because I dig it. Um, Even though no human being is perfect, we always have the chance to bring what's unique about us to life in a redeeming way. I think that's a really powerful statement. Um, I I think that uh, it really, you know... Hits on, I know a lot of people throughout life who have kind of tried to forge a new journey, you know? And I think that is a really good quote. The other thing is, discovering about ourselves is a lifetime's work, but it's worth the effort. Yeah, it is. And I dig that as well. So I will leave you guys on that. A little bit of Mr. Rogers to brighten up your life. And we will see you next week. Or uh, in two weeks, which should be... um, the uh, 2nd of November so.
1: and and I'll just add as a slight plug for our playlist on Spotify yes. that the Mr. Rogers song is on there so if you have not yet checked out our playlist of songs to kind of relax to and have fun with he is on that playlist so check it out on Spotify
0: we've been fans for a while
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> we go way back
0: <laughs> okay y'all well have a great couple weeks um, we will see you again on November 2nd and we'll talk to you then